welcome to the RBL Podcast. I'm your host, Mercedes, and if you're ready to be inspired and encouraged, this podcast is for you. Rise by lifting, rise by lifting others. You rise, you rise, you rise, you rise, you Hey, RBL community. It's great to be back as it has been a while and I've definitely missed all of you. Okay, so today we are going to have a look into a topic that many seem to forever talk about and that is marriage. So there's no doubt that in society today, the reality of marriage, especially through the means of media, has been tainted. Even more so, it seems like divorce rates have skyrocketed and sometimes even within the church, marriages seem to fall apart. Thankfully, we do have a special guest today who will be shedding some light for us in this area based on her own life experiences, and I'm super excited because getting married is one thing, staying married is another. With that being said, please welcome back Sherry Lynn to the podcast. (laughs) Hello. Hi. Welcome back. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Wonderful. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, Sherry Lynn was on here a while back, where she shared her powerful testimony in which you can go and have a listen. And the title of that episode is Never Too Young, A Missionary's Journey. All right. So on that note, let's hop right in. And before we get into everything, Sherry Lynn, can you remind us briefly how long you've been safe for? Um, about 42 years, 42, 43 years. Amazing. That's quite some time. <laughs> I know. Quite and I'm time. not I'm not 80. <laughs> yeah. No, at all. Far from it. Far from it. So with that being said as well, how long have you been married for? 28 years. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And a fun fact, she just celebrated her 28th anniversary yes, not too long ago. Yeah. Yes. So congrats nice. once again. Thank you. <laughs> Does it feel like 28 years? Um, you know what? It feels like, yeah, it feels like I've definitely been married longer than single. Like you don't, <laughs> you don't feel single after 20 years. You feel like you, right. you're with another person, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, it's a nice feeling. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Okay. So first and foremost, um, when did you realize that this was the person that you wanted to spend the rest of your life with when you did meet him? Um, so I would say it was probably about a year and a half after meeting him, he had come into the church, he'd gotten saved. Um, of course I'd been saved already for 18 years. I think I met him when I was 18. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say probably I was 19 and a half when I knew that, yeah, this is the one, um, but, uh, cause we had seen each other. So it wasn't just, I saw him once in a while when we were in church, we were involved in ministries together. He was at morning prayer. Right. He would see my dad a lot because he'd be a translator. So he'd come over to the house or he'd go places mm-hmm. to translate for my dad. Cause at the time we were missionaries in Russia. Um, and sometimes even translated for me. So if I had like something I was doing or speaking in school or something. So yeah, we definitely saw each other a lot and I got to know him. Um, so yeah, it was a year and a half. Um, took a little more convincing for my dad. So Mm. I prayed a lot and yeah. (laughs) Wow. Amazing. Okay. So here it is. It's been 28 years. Um, So of course there's definitely like lots of things that you have learned along the way. So in your opinion and from your own experiences, what do you think constitutes a good marriage? Well, I think for me, it's where God is the center of the marriage Mm-hmm. And it's, you both desire to please God. Um, and when you realize that marriage is not about your, your happiness, but glorifying God, um, mm-hmm. it's a totally different thing. It's, there's a different joy in that marriage. Um, it's also, I feel like where there's love and respect mm-hmm. um, and where you have like a genuine friendship, which is built over time. Um, it's when you really see like each other's imperfections, but you still love and cherish that person despite those imperfections. Mm. Um, and when I say cherish, I mean, to really enjoy spending time with that person. Um, you think about that person and you also, I guess, want to showcase their best qualities to other people when I say Mm. cherish. And it's also, I think when you're uh, in a marriage, when there's that loyalty, um, Mm. and understanding and, 
I think a lot of humor <laughs> in a, a marriage. I really think you need to laugh a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's better to laugh than cry sometimes. Right. So those are like just a lot of things. It's really hard to like put in like a minute what constitutes a good marriage. But yeah. I can just say when I thought about it, it was kind of like this big pot of soup and you're just throwing things in. And those <laughs> are the things that kind of came to mind. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. I love that. So of course they always tend to say, or I don't know who they are, but like <laughs> <laughs> they, <laughs> um, we always tend to hear things like, you know, the first year of marriage can be, you know, pretty rocky because, you know, it's two people, especially for those who are Christians and, you know, you've never lived together before. And so you come into this marriage and you're living with each other for the first time and you're getting to know each other and et cetera, et cetera. And they always say that like the first year can be pretty challenging a lot of times, you know? Um, So in that case, what were some lessons you learned in your first year of marriage? Um, I think that I'm not perfect Mm. (laughs) because I think you have a tendency to see yourself in a certain light. And when you, you know, you think you're a patient person or you're, you know, holy and righteous and then, yeah, living with somebody else, it shows your imperfections. Mm. Um, I think also that men are different than women. They think very differently and that's something you have to learn. Um, But you, after a while, you begin to value that because men are usually more logical uh, women are maybe more emotional, but like, mm-hmm. like together, there's that great balance. You know, I think you you need each other. You balance each other out. Mm-hmm. Um, also, another thing I learned is that not everything that I think is a big problem is a big problem. It may just be a really small problem, but it's gotten really big in my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, you know, you tend to exaggerate things. Um, and I remember one situation where like we had a disagreement and I went to the living room and I was like, you know, oh, what was me? And <laughs> I was so used to him coming to me and talking about it, you know, and we're going to talk about it and then we'll, mm-hmm. you know, pray or whatever and go to bed. He didn't come. And I was like, why isn't he coming for me? Let me just cry a little bit louder. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I was married at 20. Okay. So I probably, even though I was married young, we passed young, still, I think emotionally you sometimes, you know, whatever. And then he didn't come. And I remember going in the bedroom, like, he didn't come to see, like, don't you care? He goes, yeah, I care. But like, it's late. We're both tired. It's probably better to talk about it in the morning. But like in your head, you're like, he doesn't care. That's mm. what, what is this? You know? Um, so yeah, you can, you can make problems bigger than they are. Wow. Um, and another thing you have to learn is to be flexible because you can have a plan and I'm, you know, I like to make plans or do things, but in marriage, you have to be flexible. Things change, circumstances change. What you may have felt like doing yesterday, all of a sudden you don't feel like doing because there's been another million things, you know, that have Mm -hmm. happened. So yeah, even when I asked my husband, Jania, about that, he said, yeah, flexibility in marriage is like one of the things like he really likes that we have, you know, that he thinks Mm -hmm. makes our marriage work. So yeah, those are just a few. Wow. No, those are a great few. We can end the podcast right there. (laughs) (laughs) But honestly, the first few uh, years of marriage for us, I think they were easier than most. Mm -hmm. Um, I think one, I came from having a strong father figure in my life. So I, I think that was definitely something that made it easier because you're used to having a leader. Um, you're used to, okay, you know, whatever, sounds good I'll do it um and then also um I think just the times we lived in we lived very simply because we were in Russia but we didn't have a lot of the pressures I feel like living in North America has Um, the time you don't have time for anything here you have to work nine jobs in order just to make it um I feel like those things are extra pressures that we didn't have like yeah we didn't have a car but hey we walked and our main focus like even after we got um, married we went to pioneer and he worked just a job teaching English and I, I didn't even work. So it was like, you spent a lot of time just in the ministry, but not the extra added. um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Things. So yeah, we had a lot of fun. Wow. Yes. And you guys did pioneer 
very, very early as well. And so I definitely want to touch a little bit more on that a little Mm -hmm. bit later. Um, But yes, so you also mentioned something that was really important as well. I mean, there's quite a few things for sure. But like one thing um, was the whole idea of love and respect. And this is something that again, you know, they whoever they are, tend to sing a lot. um, That, you know, men need respect, just Mm -hmm. as women need the love. Right. And so I think sometimes in today's society, especially even with the whole idea of like submission and like respect, it can have such a negative connotation to it. Um, And so sometimes because of that, a lot of wives, a lot of women in general have a hard time, you know, doing that, um, honoring their spouses. So what does honoring your husband really look like? And how did you grow in this area over the years? Well, I think I'm still growing in this area. Okay. Um, but I think it's really valuing his opinion mm. um, and trusting him to make a good decision. Mm. Sometimes we tend to, as women, think our, we have a better way. Um, I know even like in driving, I remember early days we'd be in different countries or we didn't know where to go. My first reaction would be, let's stop and ask somebody. Um, Mm. He would be, well, I I got this kind of thing. We'll figure it out. And so you learn, let them figure it out. If worse comes to worse, they're going to stop. They're going to ask for directions. Um, But you kind of give them that respect that they know what they're doing Mm. Um, instead of just kind of taking that from him. Um, It's also not putting them down in front of other people. Um, Mm. or speaking negatively about them or criticizing them um, in front of friends. Um, I've heard over the years, I've been with people and they tend to say things about their husbands often in front of people. And I feel like that's a disrespect. Um, Mm. Also not criticizing the way they do things. It may be different than the way you do it. When Mm. Shania would babysit, the kids he would do it very differently than I would do it (laughs) but the kids loved it it was fun you know when he grocery shops it's different than I would sometimes he comes home with stuff I would never think of buying um, Mm. or different products or different brands and I remember sometimes I would say oh well I usually get this brand and I you know and then I realized it's disrespecting him like instead of me just enjoying the fact that okay he does it differently and now I love it because he buys stuff I would never dream of buying and I'm like wow great I love it you know <laughs> wow. but I think those are things that you tend to think you know better or whatever and it, it kind of makes them feel less or that you're disrespecting them I remember this is a funny story but I remember we were married um I don't know maybe it was our first year anniversary or second year anniversary and we were in Holland at a bible conference during our anniversary hmm. And it was breakfast time. And all of a sudden, there's this huge banana split being brought to me with a candle in it. And I'm like, what? I, th- I don't know if I had a candle. I had something in it. Some, And I was like, oh, what's this? And he's like, happy anniversary. And I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, like in my mind, I'm like a banana split for breakfast. Like, no. But I realized his heart behind it, right? It was, right. I want to do something special for you. And this is what I'm thinking. And so mm-hmm. if you appreciate that, then your husband wants to do things more for you. But if you kind of make them feel, uh, then yeah. Mm, well, that's good. That's good. How long do you think it took for you to start, I guess, like, because like you said, you know, you grew up with a father figure in the home. And so I think with you saying that, um, there was obviously that strong leadership in the home. So I guess there are certain things that may have come a little bit easier for you as well, um, in terms of like, understanding the dynamic between like leadership and like, you know, just male female relationships. But either way, like you said, you know, you're still growing in the honoring and stuff. How long do you think it took for you to start realizing or for it to, yeah, for you to start realizing that, hmm, maybe I can grow in this area. Maybe there are some things I can change in terms of like how I speak to him or how I speak of him. I think when I don't, I can't tell you a time. I just think that when life gets stressful, Mm. that's when your tendencies of maybe the worst of you comes out. So you could be Mm. more disrespectful, right? Okay. Just like a husband, when he's under a lot of stress, maybe he just doesn't, 
you know, it's harder for them to show that love. It's not that they don't love you, but then it's harder to show because there's just so much, you know, happening, I think. So yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, that's a good question, but I honestly don't have an answer because I feel like it's a constant thing. And depending on the season or circumstances, different things happen where you're like, oh, I sh- maybe, you know, um, yeah, yeah, but it's definitely something that you need in a marriage. Yeah. And right from the get go, I think if the Holy Spirit is like nudging you on certain, if you say something or do something, yeah, just take into consideration. Don't be proud and think, oh, well, it's just my right to say what I think. Or mm-hmm. no, I, I think just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit that's like, eh. Yeah. Mm, love that. I love that. Okay. So, um, of course, again, like, you know, you've gone through different seasons, um, whether it was through, getting into ministry, um, having children, etc. How did children and ministry affect the dynamic of marriage? And how did you navigate through these changing seasons? Well, um, yes, we definitely have had a lot of seasons. Because mm-hmm. like, like we said, I was married at 20. Yeah. Um, at that time, shortly after we got sent out, like five months later, so we started pioneering. Amazing. And then six months after that, I got pregnant with our first um, with Christina. So there was definitely a lot of changes. Um, mm-hmm. Plus, I was living in a foreign country that wasn't my own. Um, right. But I think because I was young, again, I think I was able to adapt. Um, mm-hmm. You kind of just things are happening and you're kind of going with it again. That brings in the flexibility. Um, and I think the older you are, it's harder. I think if you've mm-hmm. lived on your own and you've done things your own way, it's, it's harder to like kind of adapt to the new things, the new challenges. Um, yeah. But definitely there is more pressure, like when you have ministry and then every child that is added into the family, there's more stress. But at the same time, there's definitely way more, like a lot more blessing, right? And so mm-hmm. those things, they stretch you, but they make you into the person that eventually God wants you to become. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like we moved in all of that 19 times in our 28 years of marriage. So some of those moves were in other countries. So you're again, learning languages. So there definitely was um, a lot of different challenges that I guess we had to go through and ways like you have to adapt to different cultures, different life. Um, But one thing when I was thinking of this question, I really think seasons and I like that, like, you know, the four seasons that we have. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, just like in nature, we have the four seasons and, you know, winter, if you are going to enjoy winter, you better put on a warm winter coat or else you're going to be very miserable in minus 30 saying, I'm going to wear shorts and flip-flops. It's just not, it's not going to work. And I feel like that in marriage, it's the same. You have a lot of seasons. Um, There's times when things are going well, you guys are, you know, we're totally in love and everything is just great. And I love summer. Those that's the summer season, Mm. but then there are those winter seasons when things get tough. Um, and there's a real strain on your marriage. It can be through finances, it can be jobs, it can be ministry, it can be sickness, children, mm-hmm. relationships. But like, I feel like those are the times that the cold wind of miscommunication starts blowing and mm-hmm. like icicles of disappointment are hanging in the air mm-hmm. and you do not feel the love. Um, mm-hmm. But it's in those times that you have to choose to put on another layer of grace. Mm. And you need to pray more for yourself and and your spouse during those times. And that will carry you through. Um, You have to remember to keep a godly perspective and to always remember that the season will change. Mm. But when the seasons change, then you want to be a changed person as well, that you've developed and grown through that, not become something, you know, the opposite where, you know, it's taking you down the wrong path, kind of. Right, right. Wow. Good analogies there. (laughs) (laughs) What are some of the biggest lessons you've learned throughout the years of being married? Okay. Um, (laughs) That God has a purpose for our marriage. Yes. And that it's not just about us. Um, When we become focused on our happiness, then we will be unhappy. So Mm -hmm. that we need to keep um, our purpose, that joint purpose together, that it's to fulfill God's plan. And if we focus less on the other person or how they're fulfilling us, then we can like truly be happy. Mm. Um, Another thing is that you reap what you sow. So we can be agents of healing, redemption and acceptance in our marriage, or we can become critical and we can speak words of accusation. 
So everybody has things in their past or things they're going through. So we have to remember that we kind of need to be servants of God versus messengers of Satan bringing mm. those accusing words. Wow. Um, yeah. So I think your marriage needs to be that place where you're also safe and you can be honest um, and still feel loved. Mm. I love that. So you mentioned a lot, um, even in just that bit. Um, but one thing that it reminds me of is communication. And so, and again, we always hear things like, you know, like whoever they are, they're on it. <laughs> they say, <laughs> right? <laughs> but we always hear things like, you know, communication is so important. It's so important. It's so important. So how important is communication, do you think? And how can this be done effectively in a marriage? I think it's very important. Mm. Um, if you don't communicate, you will assume things. Mm. So some people are just naturally better communicators, but I think it's something every person in every marriage has to work on. Um, like life is full of communication. Like daily life is so much easier when you communicate with your spouse, just to be on the same page of, I'm going to pick up the child. I'm going to go here. We're going to do this. But then communication is a lot deeper than that. You, when you begin to like talk about your feelings, talk about disagreements you have, not just get upset and silent treatment for a week. Um, mm. Talk about your dreams and your plans. Because those are the things that you do when you're dating. And then mm. when you get married, you can like let that fade, that communication of um, talking really from your heart too. Um, mm. I had a great example. Um, my, my mom and dad both were really good at communicating. Um, and one thing that they did um, is every day, my dad would get home at five o'clock and my mom and him would sit for 15, 20 minutes and have coffee. It was their coffee time. Oh. And we couldn't interrupt it as kids. We were not allowed. So mm. dinner would be ready. And as soon as mom and dad were done their coffee, we'd have family dinner all of us, mm. but those 15 and 20 minutes, my dad, it was like sacred time with his wife. And he wanted to talk to her about the day, talk about whatever. And I realized like over the years, just watching them, like my mom passed away. Uh, I, I watched a um, beautiful marriage all of those years. Like I, I can't even tell you how much I learned just from watching their lives and mm. how they communicated with each other on a daily basis on daily lives and things. And obviously that wasn't perfect and there's misunderstandings, but communication does play a huge role. And I think not just every day, but really communicating in the heart. Mm. So you take that time for each other. Mm. That's really yeah. good. Okay. So I guess then um, with communication, and this is something that's been mentioned um, throughout this episode so far, sometimes there can be miscommunication, you know, no matter how much we may try to like you know, express yourselves effectively. Um, sometimes it just doesn't come out the way it should. <laughs> so because when that happens, um, you know, of course, like conflicts do arise. Yeah. Um, and so what are some ways, I guess, you have learned to fight fair in your marriage? So I asked my husband this one and he made me laugh. He's like, <laughs> we just, we have to use this equal weapons, he said. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> um, we actually were talking about that today because I was like I said it feels like we don't really argue he said honestly he said I think we're just too tired if we just don't argue like something <laughs> but it's true the older you get you just don't have the energy it's not a big deal it's like whatever mm. and I feel like that's at the old you are in marriage <laughs> it's kind of like you've really choose your battles if it's not big we're in the beginning of marriage you're kind of very this is the way it's supposed to be. And this is the way more I think. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, but <laughs> yes, you do have to fight fair. I think um, it's trying to not make it personal because um, sometimes mm -hmm. you can be in an argument. It's about one thing. The toilet paper is not here. You don't pick up your clothes. And then all of a sudden it becomes, and your mother never liked me. <laughs> it's like, <what? laughs> it's like <laughs> I mean, that, I'm not saying from experience that one, but like people really can get off, right? right or they can right. bring they can bring up old offenses that have supposedly been forgiven and you moved mm. on all of a sudden they're there. Um, another thing is, which I was really bad at is I would use words like never and always. 
And now I really try to never use, never use those words <laughs> because you were in an argument like, but you say things like, well, you are never home on time or you mm. always forget to do this. And that's not true. That brings more fire to it because you're actually insinuating that that person is doing something all the time. And it may be just a few times. So those are two words that I, yeah, try not to um, use anymore. Um, yeah. And don't bring up resolved past resolved issues. Also, if you're really upset over something, I think it's sometimes good to just take a little break and mm. evaluate. Cause sometimes you realize, man, I, I was just tired. I actually, some of the stuff did, doesn't even really matter early on in our years of marriage. I feel like if there was any tension or disagreement or fight, I felt like, Oh, I have to make it right right now. Like I'm very much a peace person. So I don't want to be conflict, but then I realized sometimes it takes the other person a little bit longer to get over it or time to think about how we're going to resolve this. Um, again, though, don't wait days. I'm, I'm talking like maybe an hour or two, but don't, don't, you're just missing on life. And there's no point doing this whole like silent treatment. It it's yeah, I'm, I'm not for that. Mm. Um, try not to go to bed mad. Mm. Um, I'm sure there are times we've done that, but you can also be upset with the person or maybe not totally agreeing with them, but you can still show that you love them. You can say, yeah, love you. Love you. <laughs> we've done that before. It's like, love you. Yeah. Night. Love you. Okay. We'll talk about the morning. Okay. Because <laughs> you like for me always too, it's like when you're upset, you don't want that person leaving for work, God forbid something to happen or, right. you know, it's like, yeah, I try to make the it's going to happen. You're going to have disagreements. Obviously I'm not even speaking about like, don't call the person names. Don't use divorce words. Like don't, obviously those are main things, you know, maybe have to be brought up, but um, yeah. Wow. That's good. Okay. So yeah, definitely no weapons there. Um, <laughs> we don't want that. Okay. So of course, a lot of times, you know, before a person gets married, I think especially for um, women, especially, um, you know, you can have some qualities that you desire in a spouse, you know, and I know this is not for every single woman, but there are some, you know, that will literally have an entire list of things that they desire. And I think to an extent, it's not that bad as long as it's not too crazy and you don't have like 101 qualities. That you're <laughs> like seeing. how tall he has to be, what color his eyes right? are. <laughs> how many times he blinks and stuff like, yeah, not, not all of that stuff. Um, but in general, you know, people do have certain qualities that they like. And so now, of course, again, being married for some time, what are some qualities that you value having in your spouse now versus what you used to value before marriage? I think honestly, I valued probably the same things. I just didn't have um, understanding how important they would be. Mm. Like you kind mm. of say them, like they love God, they love you. Um, they want to do God's will. That would be, you know, but you really realize over time how that is sometimes even rare and qualities mm. that, you know, I don't think I ever had idea of like, Oh, I want him to be rich and famous. And we're going to have, you know, that was not really my, um, what I do value in him. Like I can say now looking um, just being married to him for 28 years, I would say his honesty, um, mm. his character, like his obedience to God, mm. um, his faithfulness to God and to me and to our family, um, his willingness to do whatever it takes to look after our family, um, financially, uh, his commitment mm. to doing God's will, even when there's setbacks or disappointments, um, and just, yeah, his, his kindness really his thoughtfulness many times he'll do things even in our family for each of us and it's just like yeah just his, the way he shows us you know his love so those mm -hmm. are like again there's so many things you could go on and on about but yeah those kind of are the general general ones mm, I love that and okay. honestly his humor yeah I yeah that's something I really value because yeah. 
realize you can take a very tense moment or something that could turn into something not so good. And if there's a joke, it just, it just, yeah, it changes everything. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Always needed for a laugh. Hey, RBL community, please remember to follow this podcast and follow us on Instagram to never miss out on any updates. And now back to the episode. Okay, so I guess like, of course, you know, still being married, everyone still has their personal relationship with Jesus. So how have you maintained your personal relationship with Jesus again, like throughout all the different seasons that have come your way? Um. For me, ever since I was a teenager, I um, made it a point daily, usually in the morning, um, every morning, just to spend time with God. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think that's a time that I've always coveted. It's I feel like if I don't spend time with Jesus, I'm definitely not going to know him more and I'm not going to become like him. Mm-hmm. So I think that personal time with God um, I know you have to be flexible as you go through life. You know, I had small children, um, you know, timing may be a little different, but just, I think it's maintaining your relationship with Jesus, spending that quality time with him. Yes. Mm-hmm. We go to church. Yes. We, you know, have even prayer, um, you know, in our services or morning prayer, I used to, you know, do that different seasons of life, but it has to be something that you general, generally want for yourself. Mm-hmm. Cause there's always going to be, um, things that come into life, they're going to try to, you know, disrupt that. But if you realize that you really need God's word daily, you need that time of prayer. Um, those are two of the main things, just spending that quality time with him. Mm, okay. So of course, um, apart from a relationship with Jesus, relationships with others are very crucial as well, um, in general. So how, important do you think it is as a married woman to have friendships with even other married women? I think it's very, very important. Mm. Um, I think it's good if you have maybe a a married woman, uh, well, maybe not older than you, but maybe has done life longer than you in the married, you know, maybe a little bit ahead with marriage with children, just Mm. so that you can um, kind of reference off them. Mm-hmm. Um, it may be somebody that you could be actually open with. Again, I'm not talking about going and just talking bad things about your husband, but there are times yeah. where you de- you need, like, am I right on this? Is, is my perspective right in this area of marriage? Um, times that you, may, you need godly advice or you need prayer. So I think having somebody like that is really important. Then having your friends that maybe are just at the same stages of you in life that you can mm-hmm. just go out and talk with, laugh with couple friends. Um, I remember when the kids were small, I would do like um, kid dates. You know, I've got little kids, they've got little kids, get together and you talk about all kinds of stuff. Um, mm. And then also it's it's a blessing because I feel like it's a generation thing that as you are married now or you're going down life, then God brings other younger women into your life, maybe who are thinking of getting married or just newly married. And then you can kind of impart into them just by having them in your home and they get to see how you do life. Mm -hmm. So I think friendship is very important. I think without friends, you can put a lot of pressure on your husband to kind Mm -hmm. of like, I do believe my husband is a very close friend. He's like one of my best friends, but it's a different type of friendship. Um, And I think that girl woman aspect of you needs those (laughs) friends to just go hang out with and have, you know, go shopping. It's like, not going to maybe be what my husband wants to do. Let's just go to the winners. <laughs> so I think, yeah, if like, yeah, you need to, you, there's definitely a balance in that. You need to have friends. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. So of course, what do you think are some boundaries that you have implemented in your marriage over the years that have been effective? For us, not having friendships with the opposite sex. Like mm. obviously, you know, people in church, you're involved with people in church but like not having that friendship, like you're just texting that person all the time or having lengthy conversations. Um, those, I think that's important because you can sometimes, you may want some kind of boundary, but sometimes other people don't have that boundary and it goes to the extreme. Um, right. And you never know when you could be vulnerable. Your marriage is going through a troubling time. So it's, it's good to have that safeguard. Um, then I think being open uh, with 
each other where you're going. It's not that you're grilling the person, but it's just a common fact. Hey, I'm going here. I'm doing this. And it just kind of brings that like never, you never have suspicion in your mind, right? You just, mm. you just, it's an open um, conversation. Um, when my husband would counsel, like say women, another thing he, it was never privately. It was kind of more in a public setting so people could see, or if it was really private, then there would be myself or another lady there just keeping that mm. kind of, so that there's never, um, it's not even you, it could be the other person, you know, you never know the type of people you come in into contact with. Um, right. also I think having a boundary of what you set before your eyes, um, as far as movies, books, magazines, social media, those mm. are things that we just, we, we have a understanding that we just, um, we're very careful what we put before our eyes. Mm. Um, also a boundary I think is in relationships. Um, we didn't really have this, but I know we've counseled a lot of people who've had no boundaries in family relationships. So they get married and all of a sudden it's not just them that are figuring out life, but they've got everybody figuring out their life. Mm. So, you know, you have sometimes, you know, they always say the mother-in-law, but that could be it where they now are still involved and think they know better. Um, mm. I know situations where a wife was treated really badly by the family, right? And the husband was not doing anything. So I think when you mm. get married, you have to cleave to your wife and you have to make stands. Right. Um, still still honoring and respecting your parents but like I think those boundaries are healthy boundaries even in friendships it can be that friendships can become you know over the bounds where it's um you know you're supposed to spend some time with your husband your wife and you're always with your friends or they don't know mm -hmm. the limits of hey they're at your house morning night and noon right <laughs> right 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 um, so yeah Wow. Okay. I mean, every, every culture is different a little bit, but yeah, just, yeah. Healthy boundaries. I agree. Boundaries are needed <laughs> for everything and in every type of relationship and life. So of course, um, again, a lot of times, you know, um, especially in today's society with the media and Disney and all of these like little fantasies about like what a relationship and a marriage should look like. Sometimes this causes people going into a marriage. I think, especially with women, mm -hmm. um, you know, to have like these high expectations, like, you know, I remember even earlier on, <laughs> you mentioned that, you know, you were crying and you're expecting like your husband to come in because he always came in, you know, and it's like, okay, I'm just going to cry louder and stuff, yeah. you know, but in general, I think sometimes like even having expectations like, oh, he's always going to be like this and it's always going to be like that. And then you kind of get to the marriage and you realize, oh, wait, it's not always like that, mm -hmm. you know? So with that being said, does having expectations you think of your of your spouse play a negative role? And if so, how? So I think it can, they can definitely. Um, yeah. yeah, I think my husband in the relationship is more the realist and he sees things the way they are. And so if something happens, he doesn't like think, oh my goodness, this is, you know, not supposed to be. He's like, okay, this is real life. This is, you just work through it. Where for me, I think for more, like you said, you have this like, oh, it's going to be like this. And they lived happily ever after in the palace and, you know, ends up, that's not real life. So I think probably, yeah, my expectations um, were off, but mm -hmm. I do think it's healthy and it's right to have expectations. Just mm -hmm. like with a contract in a business, you sign something and it's like, okay, I expect you to work. And the other person's, I expect you to pay me. And so mm -hmm. I think in marriage, you are allowed to have expectations, um, you know, because we say our vows on our wedding day for richer, for poor, for sickness and health, for love and to cherish. So we say those things, but I think the expectations, number one, I think they have to be reasonable expectations. Hmm. Um, two, they have to be vocalized sometimes because sometimes the other person may, may not even know that that is something you actually kind of expect from them. Okay. Um, and three, I think there has to be grace that if the expectation is not met every time, it's okay. That's just, you know, part of life. Mm. Um, yeah, because you, you can have these expectations of, yeah, okay, to love somebody, well, 
that person thinks, okay, I love them because I went and I put gas in their car and I worked all week and I, I did this and this and, but for the other person, but I didn't get flowers and he forgot to tell me he loves me today. Well, mm. right. So expectations, uh, you have to definitely have to have reasonable ones. It's okay. Sounds good. So it's interesting. Um, that last bit you talked about sounded almost a little bit like love languages. Um, Mm -hmm. do you think that love languages is as significant as, you know, it, they make it seem, um, in a marriage or what's your take on that? I think, um, you maybe can't narrow everybody down to exactly this is their love languages there. Cause I think also I've noticed that you start out in life and you value words of affirmation. Oh, I love you. And you're the best. Cause I'm, I love words, but then Mm -hmm. it's like, as I'm getting older, I realize I really value the fact that he makes the bed every morning. And I really, you know, (laughs) acts of service are getting up there. (laughs) So I think those a little bit change, but I think it is nice. Like, I think it's important to know what, what, what makes your spouse happy, you know? Mm. If it's words of affirmation, physical touch, if it's, yeah, I think that is important, but I think um, sometimes even those tend to change in the season or with age or circumstance, Mm. but yeah, nice, yeah, yeah, it's important. So what about this? What about like, cause again, sometimes like you hear things like, you know, um, you know, couple, you know, here they are. And in the season of courtship, you know, they're dating all the time and, you know, they're in love and roses and flowers and butterflies and all that nice stuff. And then they get married and then real life hits and then you're busy and you're doing this and you're doing that. And, you know, you're just living now. How do you, how have you um, kept, I guess, romance alive? And do you think that you still date your partner um, even in marriage? Yes, I do think it's very important because things can get dry and and just, yeah, you have to keep it alive. I think yeah, it's it's important um, to spend time with one another. I think quality time, however that looks for you, it could go for a walk, it could be go for a coffee, it could be working alongside each other, doing a project, um, but spending that time and yeah, and romance sometimes it's it's investment, right? So if you don't Mm. invest in something, you can't expect results. Mm. So just like your relationship with Christ, if you don't invest in that, you're not going to see the the product of that. And that's the same in a marriage. You definitely need to invest um, in spending time and making the person feel special, date nights or little things that you know that they'll, it doesn't have to be huge. I think it's the little things that you invest in, um, the little things that they know that you like and you just do them. It could be buying your favorite chocolate with a note. Like it, it just, it makes that romance, you know, come mm. alive. Mm. So, I mean, we're 28 years. So there have been a lot of um, different things that we have done or, or, you know, different seasons. And I can say, yeah, when you take that, make that little effort, it could be big or small, it changes completely everything. Mm, I love that. Okay. So of course, like with the mindset of like keeping Jesus in the center of the relationship, what do you think is one prayer that you have prayed for your marriage and, or even your spouse over the years? Um, so I actually went back to my journal because I was like, I don't know, I just pray, but like, I'm thinking, what do I actually pray? And I actually had a prayer written there. I'm not going to bore you with all the details or read it, but I did. I did. Well, one other prayer that I always pray is, is just for our marriage in general, not for him. I just always pray um, that God be glorified through our marriage and mm. through our children, through our finances, through our ministry. Um, that's like a general one for our marriage that God be glorified. But I know that when I prayed for him, I, I just prayed that God would give him eyes of faith and a heart full of love. Um, and I prayed a verse that said that that he'd be built up in faith, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. That's a verse. So I know I prayed that because I, I wrote that one down. Um, I also prayed for wisdom that he'd be able to lead our family and the church. Mm. I prayed that God would strengthen him to run the race strengthen him physically, mentally, and emotionally, that God would give him um, leadership qualities, and that um, he would be encouraged through the word of God, and that he'd have a passion for prayer. I also prayed that God would protect his mind from the enemy, 
and his eyes from anything that would cause him to stumble, um, mm. that he'd have a thankful heart and that he'd feel the blessing of God upon his life mm. and wow. to bless his wife. <laughs> Amen. I forget that. <laughs> I mean, I honestly, I think prayer is one of those things that's living. So mm. you kind of add and take away depending on what they need. It's kind of yeah. like, um, yeah they need encouragement or they need a new job or they need <laughs> patience with somebody at church, you know, <laughs> patience for the wife. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. And would you say that like, even just going um, back off of that, like as a wife, um, how important do you think that your prayers have played a role in just being the support for your husband and encouraging him even through like the tough seasons that have come through life. I honestly, and not to sound in any way boastful, but I think this for any marriage, uh, when you're praying, you're, it's, it's one of the most important things you can do for your husband or for somebody mm-hmm. in your family or friend. Cause a lot of times even our words um, or our actions can't do what God can do. You know, we can mm. try with our words to say stuff or to bring a change um, and it goes nowhere. And then you pray and God by his spirit's able to do things, um, whether it's circumstances, whether it's something in the heart, whether it's um, yeah, in the marriage, God's able to do stuff. And I can say like testimonies that I know that God's answered little prayers, like silly things where I'm just like, Lord, remind him to do this because I don't want to nag. <laughs> like legit that was one of my I'm like this is the stupidest proverb prayer but God will you remind him like I, I feel embarrassed to say what it was but I was like just remind him to do this because I don't want to remind him and he came home and he'd done it I was like wow God you do that to prayers so I feel like with God you can really yeah big and small I love that I love that so I am going to ask you this um just based off of that um little bit right there so how have you not played I guess like your husband's holy spirit at times because you know like I think a lot of women (laughs) you know (laughs) this is a hard question can you just I think because we talked about this prior you're on this playing the holy spirit (laughs) that's actually a hard one because yeah that's that was one of my battles because again you kind of think like we talked about with you when you're saved longer so you go into the marriage and you've been longer saved and maybe you have a little bit more knowledge of things so at the beginning you can be really like oh (laughs) like trying to be the and even later trying to be the holy spirit um and it never works. It always backfires. So I think <laughs> you learn after time, like, and I'm still learning. There's times I'm like, oh yeah. So we actually have a joke about that. We actually joke about that all the time. Like he'll be like, oh, I can't remember how he says it, but yeah, we have a joke. And then I just laugh and I get it. I'm like, okay, I got it. I'm not going to say any more <laughs> on the subject. <laughs> Cause yes, that, that is definitely um, for certain people, I think more of a problem. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Okay. So as we bring this to a close, unfortunately, because <laughs> this is, we can like literally so go long. on. <laughs> and it's been great. Honestly, I feel like you can go for another, what, three hours? But no. <laughs> okay. So what is one piece of advice you would leave for someone who is perhaps soon to be married, um, the newlyweds, or even those who have been married for a while? Um. Well, I have just some things I was thinking about for each of them. So for singles, um, I would say start preparing for marriage now. Mm. Prepare your heart and your attitude. Um, Deal now with wrong mindsets that you may have. Mm. Uh, Also choose wisely and seek godly counsel before entering into a courtship. Um, Mm. That's something I'd say to the singles, because I think sometimes people wait to get into a courtship and then they start thinking about the things that they could already prepared. I think preparation is half the battle preparing stuff. Um, of course, you're going to never be prepared for marriage. You just get mm-hmm. thrown into it. Um, if you were to ask me all this, if I did probably any of this, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just telling you from, a, from my side after 28 years. <laughs> um, if you're soon to be married, then I would talk about everything with the person. Um, like we said, talk about your expectations, your dreams, talk about things like finances, children, all the things that possibly could later come up where you're kind of shocked. 
Um, mm. And if possible, find another older couple in the Lord, maybe that can go, give you godly counsel or that you can have as a reference throughout your um, courtship and, and marriage. Um, for newlyweds, I would say memorize 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 8. Love is patient. <laughs> love is kind. Does not behave rudely. I won't, I won't quote the whole thing. Um, but that's kind of a joke. But honestly, yeah, choose your battles. Mm. At, in the beginning, you think certain things are big. They're not. Um, forgive freely. Um, remember to communicate and just enjoy the time that you can have fun. Maybe before the children come, before other things happen in life, before you maybe mm. enter into ministry or... Um, and just build that firm foundation on Christ. Mm. Um, for the couples that are longer married, I would say, remember that you can always reset. Technology, computers, they all have a reset button. Something goes haywire, it freezes or it malfunctions and it's going all crazy. It's overloaded. You push the reset button and marriage sometimes needs a reset. And that's just through forgiveness and prayer. Um, mm. And you must be very careful that you don't allow disappointment to become frustration, which then leads to bitterness and then later to contempt. And contempt, they say, is the last thing before divorce. So um, your, your later years of marriage can actually be, you know, the best, really, I think, because mm. you've learned so much. You're very comfortable with, that, with each other. You have, a, you have a history of memories that you can look back on. You build a legacy of your children and then your, you know, I'm excited, hopefully future grandchildren. Mm. Um, and just to keep, you know, just encourage you to keep that love alive. And, and I asked my husband, I said, what would you say? He's like, hang in there. <laughs> yeah, every time I ask him a question, I just end up sort of laughing like, no, come on. But he's like, no, honestly, sometimes that is the words of advice. Hang in there. It's mm. going to get better. So, um, and just, yeah, because marriage is a blessing from God. It really is. Yeah, just a beautiful thing. So, mm. yeah, I would just say those things. Love it. Love that. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Sherry Lynn, for coming on here and just giving us a whole lot of wisdom in <laughs> <laughs> this entire episode. Honestly, I've definitely taken a lot from it as well. So, praise God. Um, but yeah, that's a wrap. And thank you so much once again. For your thank time. you thank you so much for having me I really appreciate it and I know that not every marriage is cookie cutter so yeah. I, I think God's principles are all the same for every marriage but the method and how they're dealt out is different but yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm very glad thank you I feel blessed and honored that you had me praise God all right okay and that's wrap so until next time RBL community stay encouraged Bye.